1: Today, we have Dawn Barker back, which I'm thrilled to have her back. She talked to us in the past about the Urantia book. Dawn is a psychic, astrologer, and a Michael channel. I know nothing about Michael, so I wanted to ask her about it. And I figure if I know nothing, you all know nothing. (laughs) So I figured she can tell us all about Michael. So um, she has referred to Michael a number of times. So today she's going to introduce us to Michael and the Michael channel. And uh, so first, who is Michael? Welcome to the show, Dawn. (laughs) Who's Michael? Good afternoon. (laughs) Great
2: to be here again. Okay. Great. Thanks. I'm going to start my long answer to that question by telling you that I'm calling my presentation today the same name that I'm calling my class that I'm going to start teaching in the fall, which is Advanced Reincarnation or What the Hell Is Going On? Okay. So, okay. Is, is Michael
1: in this? Is yes, Michael, Michael in is this? in this. Okay. okay.
2: All right. So, <laughs> I'm taking you back 40 years to when I first got involved with the Michael teachings. So I was in my middle 20s. And by that time, I had figured out, okay, I'm reincarnating, got that. I'm living here on earth in a state of, I'm going to just call it forgetfulness. Okay. I was really into the Edgar Cayce material. So I'd learned about karma, the law of cause and effect, which is, you know, super simplified. You do nice things, nice things come back to you. You do mean things, bad things come back to you. And I had read the Bible so I knew the Christian rhetoric, okay, and I knew I was just at that stage of reading your daily horoscope, so I understood that what time of the day and what time of the year you had were born had um, made a flavor on you, okay, so I, I knew all that, okay, but I still had this feeling like I was stumbling around in the dark. I just didn't feel like, i knew what was happening it was as if i got a seat at the table where people were playing a game and i didn't know the rules okay so i found the michael teachings and i found it one night when i was staying with some friends and it was a book on the bottom shelf and it said messages from michael and i pulled it out and opened it up and 30 minutes later i was completely hooked Okay, so to answer your question, what is Michael? Michael is what is called a reunited entity. Now, to try to explain what that is, you and I are human souls, but we are not complete. We are part of something bigger. And that bigger thing I'm going to refer to in Michael terms as an entity. Okay, so when an entity is born in the psychic sense, not in an earthly sense, okay, it then has some decisions to make in this great big amazing universe that we live in, what it is going to do, okay? And some of us decide we are going to go into a physical incarnation, and when a human soul makes that decision, it fragments into approximately a thousand pieces. And so you and I and everyone else are referred to as fragments because we are fragments of a greater whole. And so that's what Michael is. Michael is a reunited entity, a complete human soul. Okay. Now, just to answer a few more questions <laughs> before you can <Yeah>. even, <laughs> even ask them okay um i just want to talk about the great 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 big picture. Okay. And Mm -hmm. for us as evolving humans, okay, it is an extremely long road in front of us. And we are creatures that are going to slowly but surely go through all seven planes of existence. So I'm going to list those out just for the fun of it, but I'm not going to go into them in any great depth. We are here at the very bottom of the barrel on the physical plane at night when we sleep and after we pass we go to the next plane which is the astral and then after that when our entity reunites we move on up to the causal plane and that is where michael is and that is also where michael's cousin abraham you may have well heard of the abraham hicks material okay that's where abraham is as well on the causal plane now After the causal plane comes the Akashic plane. I'm sure you've heard of that because that's like the great record keeper of the universe. And then on the other side are three more planes of existence, the mental, the messianic and the buddhaic. And I'm not going to talk about them at all because they Gotta are give way... a quick one thing, though. Well,
1: yes. what is what is the messianic and what is a, what was the last one? Budaic. Just give me a brief.
2: Yeah. brief. OK, think messiah and Buddha. <laughs> oh, OK, got uh, it. Um, yeah. uh Configurations that are so, so much Buddhists more. Buddha's above Messiah. Huh? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. So much more in. Um, woven into God or whatever you want to call it that I don't even really comprehend it. I can get as far as the causal plane, and that's where I personally draw the line. But you may have listeners out there that have, you know, a way bigger capacity than I do for knowledge.
1: <laughs> okay. So call us if you do. <laughs> <laughs> call us. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Michael explains to us that this is the situation of having us being reincarnating reincarnating people is happening not only here on earth, but in all inhabited worlds throughout the entire universe. And I really like that too, because first of all, when I got into this 40 years ago, a lot of people were still on the fence as far as, is there extraterrestrial life or is there not? And I always felt very strongly that there was. So I liked it because this to me made me feel... An in commonness with all the creatures that live throughout the whole universe okay but there are more really interesting things all right so now do you have any other questions you want to ask me or i am going to launch into the nature of your immortal soul <laughs> uh,
1: okay before we go there michael's yes. cousin of abraham
2: yes you know abraham A
1: cousin yeah, and cousin the way we think, cousin, or is there a different cousin out
2: there? <laughs> way, way bigger than us.
1: I and Okay. Um, I is really
2: everybody's don't... cousins out there? Is everybody a cousin? <laughs> That's a really good question. You know, I suppose if you go back far enough, they are. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I think so.
1: Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um. And and the uh, one thing you have when we talk, you'll say, "Oh well, she's a hero, or he's a warrior, or yeah. that person's a king." You're going to talk yes. about those things. That right? is
2: right where I'm going next year. Always oh, cool, right with me, cool. Barb, because I, uh, you
1: know, you're always dead on. But I'm thinking, <laughs> well, what is the warrior and all that stuff? So go <laughs> ahead.
2: <laughs> okay. Michael explains to us that our human souls are not all identical. As a matter of fact, they come in different flavors and they come in seven very distinct flavors. Okay. But they are divided first and foremost in what they call four axes. Okay. So there are people who are action people and you and I are both action people. There are expression people, there are inspiration people, and there are assimilation people. Okay. So I'm going to start differentiating these out by something that I call channels of input, which was, again, one of the first amazingly brilliant things that I got from Michael. Okay. Not everyone has the same number of channels of input. Now, you and I are both people that have one channel of input. And that means we do one thing at a time, followed by a next and a next and a next. We don't try to do several things at the same time, but there are people that can. OK, so people on the expression access have either three or five channels of input. So going back to action. Um, you and I are both warriors, OK, and we um, people are also souls are divided into what Michael calls cardinal and ordinal cardinal people are people that like being around and addressing groups. And ordinal people are people that like to do things one-on-one with one other person. So we have got warriors and kings on the action expression with one channel of input. We have artisans and sages on the expression access with three or five channels of input. We have on the inspiration access, servers and priests who have two channels of input. And then finally, <laughs> oh, a the,
1: channel of input, is that yes. like, you know, when I'm talking to the other side, is okay. that the channel?
2: You are Or is, What is a channel you, of input? Okay. You only have one channel of input. Okay, that and I'm means... feeling deprived. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the bright side. You might feel deprived, but you're grounded. And people with five channels of input, not so much. So whatever oh, you're I doing- When you do whatever you do, Barb, you're doing it and putting, you're putting all your focus and concentration there. When you're dealing with an artisan, they can be doing five things at the same time. So you're not getting all of their attention all the time. When I sit with you, I know I have your complete attention. A different situation when I'm dealing with people who have more than one channel of input. Now, people with five channels of input, the artisans, are extremely creative. So I am guessing that you don't bill yourself as a great artist. <laughs>
1: but Unfortunately, know, I can't yeah, even and, think it. <laughs> thank you. And neither
2: do I. But an artisan uh, is a person that's working with, you know, form and color and size and vibrancy and all these different things. Now, At the same time, I'm not saying that only artisans are artists. As we go through our long chain of lifetimes, we experience practically everything. But all right, I'm back to so my seven roles. Okay, so I am going to now list the seven roles because they are not in equal proportions. Because you don't, have you ever heard that old song, too many chiefs and not enough Indians around this place? It's not yep, just in the yep. song. That's also in the world. You can't, if if everyone was a leader, the world wouldn't work. Or if everyone was a follower, the world wouldn't work. There has to be a balance. Okay. So I'm giving you the balance of earth, not necessarily any other world, but earth. Okay. Servers are people who serve the common good and they are on the inspiration axis and they account for 25% of the world. Pardon me, excuse me, okay? After that, we've got artisans, five channels of input on the expression axis and they're at 22% and that's why you've got art, you know, everywhere, all over the place. Mm -hmm. You and I, warriors our action people with one channel of input, and we're 17% of the population. In the middle, we've got scholars on the assimilation access, one channel of input, 14% of the population. Then we've got sages, people, again, the expression access, so three channels of input. These people like to entertain with wisdom, 10% of the population, priests, Inspiration, back to inspiration, two channels of input, 8% of the population. And finally, the very least, kings at 4% of the population, one single channel of input. Okay, so now you've got it. I'm going to just blast through them again. Servers, artisans, warriors, scholars, sages, priests, and kings. And that is what you got on this world and throughout the known universe. That's what we got.
1: So, Is one better than the other? Is a preference? Not. No. Okay. So there's every, no preference to be in this versus this or having one channel, five channels?
2: No preference. Not at all. And as you get more deeply advanced into the teachings, you find people will even come back and do another role. They will do the whole sequence. And some people will even do every role. They'll do... Mm-hmm. All sequences. It's just where we're at at this time, and there is no sense that the Creator loves any one creation better than any other creation. The creator loves everything. Creator loves the itsy bitsy little, you know, single cell <laughs> things, and mm-hmm. Creator loves the big planets and and stars. And is this
1: everything. who we are on the on the astral planet and plane as well? Is this who we are on the other side as well, or do we yes. just take this personality? this
2: is i'm starting off with our immortal soul this is our immortal soul and then what we are when we're here in on the earth plane something um this is our temporary persona so we're we are two things okay we are part immortal soul and we are part temporary human personality. And so we're this, we're just such interesting creatures on the grand, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Who channeled Michael? Like
1: Abraham Hicks, you know, I forget who channeled, but you know, she's channeled a woman channeled him. But who channeled Michael?
2: Um, the original group, and I believe the whole thing started at a dinner party with a Ouija board. Um, And so it was a group of people who wanted to keep their identities private. And what they did was they just collected everything that Michael told them they wrote down. And then the clump of information was passed to the author, Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough, who I believe also became part of the group as well. And she was the one who read all the transcripts and created the very first book, which was called Messages from Michael. I got you.
1: And how do we know Michael's a an elevated spirit versus a low-level spirit? A lot of times Ouija board picks up low-level spirits.
2: I absolutely agree with you. And I know plenty of people that are very afraid of Ouija boards. But the way that I look at a Ouija board is the way I look at a car, okay? You get in a car and you drive into a bad neighborhood, open all the doors and yell, hey, anybody feel like talking? you know, what do you think you're going to get? Okay. On the other hand, you know what I mean? You take your car, you politely drive it. You know what I mean? To your friend's house, park and talk, you're going to get a, you know, a completely different society. So whenever you're working with a Ouija board, I always recommend that you start with a prayer and setting your attentions and making sure you say nothing comes through that isn't for my highest and best. Mm -hmm. So My answer to you is, it's by what the material that Michael puts out. That's how I made my, because it never says anything bad. And it's always got a foundation of love. What created the universe? Love. What is God? Love. Love and creativity put Mm -hmm. together.
1: And low-level spirits are usually chaos. They wouldn't have been consistent. They wouldn't have been able to maintain a consistency. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to know where is this coming from? Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: and and you continued with Michael. So are there groups all over the world of Michael
2: followers? Or should I call them Michael followers? Um yes, and Um, I will say this as well. Not everyone that's working with Michael calls it Michael, because in some parts of the world, people really don't care. They don't need their entity to have a name. So when this group of people said, what shall we call you? They said, we are going to give you the name that our very last fragment was called during its very last incarnation, which happened to be Michael. But they said, you can call them whatever you want. And Michael has a deal going out there where they say they will come and they will work with anyone who truly wants to advance and calls to them. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I really like about Michael too, because I know that there are other entities that only work with one channel and Michael will work with many, which is why if you really get deeply into the Michael material, you will see from time to time that um, people get different answers to the same question And to me, it's not so much that there's always a right and a wrong as people are in different places, and Mm -hmm. so you know you get. It's like you don't tell a five year old the same thing that you tell a fifteen year old. The same thing is just tell a twenty five year old. You work with people depending on where they they're at. Now
1: has Michael um, ever been on Earth? Has he ever done a lifetime?
2: I'm so glad you asked that, and the answer is Absolutely, yes. Not only has Michael had a lifetime on Earth, but Michael said that all their fragments, and so Michael is a group of a thousand and fifty fragments, that they all did every single last reincarnation on Earth. And the last one of them cycled off during the Middle Ages. So Earth was their home. Further, Michael says that once you decide to do a string of incarnations, you stay to one planet. Now, I've been hearing a lot of people disagree with that in recent years. And I think that, as always, there are exceptions to every rule. But I also think that there may be other things incarnating that aren't straight human souls but a human soul can incarnate on other planets and it will still be fine i'm just saying think that there's a lot more going on in the world than you're ever going to read in any one particular place which is why we spend you know our days studying different philosophies so we can find out what's Mm -hmm. going on everywhere
1: and as we've we've taken ourselves such a dense form and our (laughs) brain so minute so finite we really can't see a lot of the bigger picture, but um, I agree there, with
2: you completely.
1: But Michael, the fragments have been on. Are there ETs? You know, are they? Yes. you know, involved with ETs
2: as well. In other words, ETs when they come to visit are also broken up into server, artisan, warrior, scholar, sage, priest, and king. They they might look different, they might sound different, they might have different color skin, but our souls are the same.
1: Now, yeah, why would they come here? If we're going to incarnate mostly in the same place, why would an ET come here? Or have we gone there? You know, even though <laughs>
2: mostly we're going to be in one place. That is such a big question, but to me, it boils down to the same answer as why did we finally have someone climb Mount Everest? Because wherever there's an out there, we want to go because we're creative beings. And I think that we are creative and inquisitive beings because I think the supreme being, God, whatever you want to call it, Michael calls it the Tao. I think it's an interesting being because I don't think we could be as interesting as we are if that interesting thing didn't make us to begin with. Does Michael so,
1: talk about the Tao, or as he um, calls it, the Tao? Does Michael, he give insight into who and what the Tao is or God is?
2: I'm going to say yes, and but not in an introductory capacity. Like some of the Michael books do deal about that. It's still... Over my head, like you know, what is the nature of God? (laughs) I would refer you to somebody (laughs) else. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're down here at the bottom of the bucket. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd wait till I was more in the middle of the bucket before I'd even start looking up there. But thank you for asking, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, even though we're at the bottom, because we're coming in as a soul from elsewhere, Mm -hmm. from the bigger picture. Mm So we're choosing to go to the bottom, but have as if bleh, have we reincarnated and come into the middle and then reincarnated again and come into the bottom? I mean, can is that no, possible? As
2: far as they explain you start a cycle of lives. And you finish it. There's no cutting out in the middle, no matter how much you want to, (laughs) or you go, I'm sick of this. (laughs) No, when you come in, you make an agreement to do the entire thing. What is a cycle of life? Okay. I'm glad you asked me that because (laughs) um, cycle is short for what I'm going to call grand cycle. Okay. A grand cycle is, okay, you were born, and when I say born, I mean born spiritually born, okay? You decide you are going to do a um, a cycle of earth plane or physical plane incarnations. So you come in here, and you go through a whole bunch of incarnations, okay? You finish here. You go to the astral plane. You wait for the other fragments in your entity. You reunite, You move on up to the causal plane, which is where Michael and Abraham are. What do you do when you get there? You turn and you help the people behind you coming up, okay? You then move on up into the next three higher planes of existence. And the only thing that I've ever read that I could comprehend about what happens there is you get bigger and you merge in with larger things. So first of all, you merge in with other entities. Then you start merging in with animal entities. Then you start merging in with physical plane entities until you get to be such a gigantic thing that when you take that last step, you merge back into all that is. And so what happens in those top three planes? (laughs) Way over my head, but I've heard things like this is where you start making planets and making worlds and stuff like that. I'm not there yet, <laughs>
1: not by a long. Bigger sandbox, huh? <laughs> Way bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way bigger. The when you when you come to Earth and you're going to do a series of lives. Yes. Um, does that mean you're going to experience everything? Because I Absolutely. always think of. A,
2: Everything. Everything that the earth plane has to offer.
1: Yeah. How many lives is that? That's an eternity of lives.
2: Okay. That's a really good question. (laughs) And the answer is, it depends on you. You can do the extremely abbreviated, get me through this as fast as possible plan, or you can do the extended, I want to really dig into everything plan, or you can be in the middle. So- From what I understand, if you do the super quick and you accomplish every task really fast, you can get out of here in 120 lives. But if you want the extended plan, you can you can you can make that up to several thousand. So I have been told by Michael that I am in approximately my 257th life or something like that. And I have still got pretty much a fifth of this, of it left to go. So I'm guessing there's doing, going to be- What is that, the
1: medium plan or the extended <laughs> plan? <laughs> and can you change the plan once you start? You know, can you say, eh, I'm cutting this down? <laughs> I got this.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, because at the core of everything, you have free will. And that is our great gift from the creator is free will. I really find it hard to think that creator made other things that don't have free will. But we are exceptionally free willed beings.
1: Oh, that's great. You know what? I'm going to take a break right now. and We're going to come back and talk more about Michael. <music>
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit a view through the veil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley you can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to A View Through the Veil at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Dawn Barker. We have been talking about the Michael teachings, and we're going to come back and talk more about them, but uh, we're going to talk about the journey through the earth plane. And I'm going to bring Dawn in to take us for that ride.
2: <laughs> okay, so. You've been born in spirit and you have picked up your immortal soul. So you decide you're going to do a series of lives on the earth plane. And when I say the earth plane, the physical plane, um, and you have to have a few more personality traits. And so in comes what I refer I to. I got to as, ask a quick question. Yes. I'm so sorry, but
1: I got to. So yes. you said the physical plane and you said the earth yes. plane. Is yes. the earth plane the only physical plane?
2: No, no. Okay. Every planet, every inhabited planet has a physical plane.
1: Yeah.
2: And the other and ones we, as well.
1: Yeah. And we've chosen the earth. We said, yes. okay, I'm going there. I got a ticket to take. We chose the Earth,
2: and we <laughs> yeah, chose okay. the Earth because it is difficult and it is beautiful. There are mm-hmm. planets that have, you know, all different kinds of flora and fauna on them, but this planet Earth really has an interesting and diverse system. Okay, okay. so you decide you're going to be born into the physical world. Okay. You in each lifetime and for each one of these, there are seven options. I'm not going to go through all of them at this time, but you pick a goal and a mode and an attitude and a chief negative feature. Okay. And these are the parts of human personality that drop when you die. What's mode?
1: I have to ask. I know you don't want to get into too many of them. No worries. You have to ask what's mode. Mode
2: (laughs) is also called modus operandi, the way you get to your goal. And I shall use myself as an example. Okay. So I am a warrior. Okay. And my goal is growth, but my mode is aggression. And so that means I aggressively, am trying to get to my mode, as opposed to, you know what I mean, a softer, sweeter way. (laughs) Aggression (laughs) mode is a, you know what I mean, it's an action way of getting
1: there. I'm going out after it, kind of thing. Yes. Okay.
2: So the first thing that you have to know about your series of incarnations is soul age. You come in and you don't end At the same place where you start every lifetime is like going up as you just have more experiences and understand more of what's going on. So for this part, I want to talk to you about the five main soul ages that are going on simultaneously on this world, okay? The first one is called the infant soul stage. Now, it's really hard for me to even think up an example of an infant soul because we've pretty much outgrown them. And I think starting um, in the past 20 years, this world was closed to infant souls. So in other words, we're done. You know what I mean? It's now time for our population to start aging and growing. So you come into this world as an infant soul And you just don't have any idea what's going on or what you've gotten yourself into. All you know is that the person that's helped sign you up for this went, you're going to have a lot of experiences and you're going to learn a lot of stuff. And you're like, wow, experiences, learning. Yay. And then you get here and you go, what on earth? You know what I mean? I'm cold. (laughs) I'm hungry. I'm tired. No one likes me. You know, why did I do this? Okay. So you spend lots and lots of time just figuring out what to eat. Do you remember reading about when we were growing up, people would get scurvy because they just didn't realize you have to have fruit and vegetables. All right. That's an infant soul problem. Okay. What do I eat? What do I wear? During my class, one of the things that I bring up, is um, I call it the thousand ways to die (laughs) because infant souls die in every conceivable way. You know what I mean? They freeze to death. They starve to death. They get bitten by insects. They get bitten by snakes. They get torn apart by wild animals. Um, They get into conflicts with, I mean, just anything you can imagine. So basically they're clueless, (laughs) (laughs) but learning. Okay. So when you look into the eyes of an infant soul, you see someone who is uncomplicated and sweet, but you also see someone that has not developed empathy or compassion. So you have to be careful too, because this person will not have any qualms about picking something up and killing you (laughs) because they're just an infant. Okay, so you have your thousand ways of dying, you cross the line, and you become a baby soul. Now, your brain is a little bit more complicated, and you can do complicated things like, for instance, learning to read and write. You don't find a lot of infant souls learning to read and write. Infant souls Mm -hmm. like to be way out on the outskirts of population. Now, baby souls go, okay, I can read and write, I can study things. Do you remember back in the Middle Ages, people used to spend like their entire lives just copying over one copy of the Bible? You've Uh, got to have a baby soul for stuff like that because baby souls can do repetitive things over and over, and it doesn't drive them out of their minds. Baby souls also tend to be very conservative these are the people that absolutely when they're an elder a parent or someone in a person uh, in a position of power tells them something they believe it unconditionally they do not question it so when someone says to them something like for instance this person died for your sins you know you you had better honor that there is no talking them out of that. You cannot reason with the baby soul. They have their way of doing it. You accept it. You work around them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you acknowledge that they are learning and growing too. Okay. So you finish up with the baby soul s- segment of life and you move into what they call the okay, young. A quick question. Segment. How long yeah. do these sections take? Okay. The answer is. It can be as long or as short as you want it to. You cross the line, you go into the young soul phase, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you've arrived. You know what I mean? You are now as tall, as smart, and as strong as anybody else. And you're like, "Uh, why have I been doing the crappy jobs? You know, why am I mucking out the barn? Why am I sweeping the house? I want to be in charge. When you're a baby soul, you don't want to be in charge. You want someone else making the decisions for you. But now you get to be a young soul. Now, I don't like the name young soul here because by the time you're a young soul, you've made it through. It takes at least a couple thousand years to go through each of the soul ages. And that's the short version, not the long version. So you're a young soul and you're like, I want to be in charge. I want to be running things. And you do. But you don't develop empathy and compassion until you get to the next cycle over the mature soul cycle. So the young soul cycle is a very harsh cycle. Um, A young soul can walk into somebody's house, murder them, take home all their stuff, and be perfectly fine and sleep like a baby that night. (laughs) That's (laughs) scary. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is, but uh, luckily our world has just slipped past that particular phase. So according to Michael, the whole world has just left seventh level young and moved into first level mature. So yahoo, we're at least a mature soul world.
1: But so each my, each group has seven levels?
2: Yes. Did I miss that part? No, I didn't even say it till then. You okay. Part, but you're so clever. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. But Anyways, so the young soul people want everything and they want to be in charge. So have you ever heard that saying, he who dies with the most wins? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, that was a big 80s, 90s thing,
1: maybe 2000.
2: Maybe it's now even. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, it was way bigger during when, when ancient Rome was in charge. You know, when ancient Rome, oh, that was a yes. big, that was the height <laughs> of the young soul age. And so all kinds of really horrible things happened. You had murder and torture and um, institutionalized bat, you know what I mean, stealing mm. of taxes and just all kinds of terrible things because we were a young soul world at that time. Okay, finally, we cross the line from young soul into mature soul. And this is what I like to say, this is where all hell breaks loose, because now you develop empathy and compassion. No longer can you walk down the road and be happy with a homeless person sitting there, because as you walk by them, you are now your emotional body has grown to the point where you can Feel what the people around you are feeling. Now, I want to make that really clear. Feel, not think. You don't hear their thoughts. You feel their feelings. This is an expansion of the emotional body. So what happens when you go from cold and cruel to you're now at the mercy of all the emotional centers in the world? You have breakdowns, okay? The people (laughs) who commit suicide... More than anybody else are the mature souls. Okay. So you've got mature souls and mature souls love like drugs that knock things out. Okay. Big time for recreational drugs and pharmaceutical drugs. Just, you know what I mean? Antidepressants things like that. Mm -hmm. okay? Because you're overwhelmed by what is hitting you and you want to block it out or take a step back from it. But at the same time, you've now been through the pinnacle of power and you've realized, hey, (laughs) when you're at that he who dies with the most wins, you are at the top of a pyramid that it's very easy to heave a rock at. People, that young souls make themselves targets. And so they get wiped out. And finally, they come back and they go, I don't want to be the richest one anymore. That's being a target. Now I want to do something else. And that's being a mature soul. Mature souls love group activities and they love feeling what other people are feeling. And they have huge compassion. And a lot of these people that are trying to save the world Are mature souls, because when you're a mature soul, you just want to save everybody. Okay. So you finish the mature soul. Okay. So you generally commit suicide somewhere along the line and you, you like uh, go around and, you know, you lobby for um, helping the homeless and the poor and stuff like that. And then finally you finish up that segment of lifetimes and you cross over into the old soul segment of lives. Okay. So now you're in the very last 20%. Okay. And the very first thing that happens when you cross that line and become an old soul is you sit there and you, you realize, okay, wait a minute, I've been here. I've born, been born. And so the veil starts to thin and you realize, I'm reincarnating. Okay. But you're like, why? And is there any end to it? And you know what I mean? Like, am I just in this constant endless loop forever, which gets you into Indian mysticism and you hear about the wheel of karma and all that. And you're like, can I get off the wheel of karma? So the old soul, um, segment of lifetimes is all about, I call it the get me out of here. (laughs) (laughs) what you do when you're an old soul is the first thing you do is you try to clean up all your karma. You know what I mean? If I hurt you in a past life, I'm going to make it up to you now. And so you're finishing off your karma and you're trying really hard to connect spiritually. And there is something that's really funny about this because part of you is going, okay, been everywhere, done everything, lived, you know, every kind of life, had all the money in the world. Okay. I want to be spiritual now, but at the same time, you also get hit with this wonderful kind of love of the earth plane too. And so you become very amorous and very passionate and you like having multiple partners and you like doing things that you didn't think were cool in earlier soul ages. Okay. So now you're an old soul and you're like, well, you kind of like to throw the rule book out with one hand. Okay. And, make up new stuff with the other, but you're always trying to, you still see creator at the end of the line and you're still always heading that way. And while you're heading in that direction, you learn all kinds of new interesting spiritual tricks. Like for instance, not only feeling what other people are feeling, you realize you can extend your intellectual center and you can hear other people's thoughts if you so desire. And so they There we have people like you who can read for other people because you can look inside them and you truly can see what's going on with them because you are an old soul and you've had tons of life experience and you can see right inside this person. And you find ready to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That you want to get out of here. And so you try your best and you find that the last task that you have, and it may be the hardest one of all is you've got to have fun. You can't get, you can't just be okay. I've done my penance. I've said my prayers. I've no you have to actually enjoy it here as well so you've got to enjoy the smells and the foods and the passions and the beauty and everything that's going on here and then slowly but surely one day you wake up and you're done and you're on the other side so you go to the astral plane you hang out until the rest of um everybody it in, in your group you know finishes off you emerge into one gigantic soul again you become complete and then you rise up to the causal plane and now you're a michael or an abraham and you're really able to help large groups of people the people that uh, were behind you so to speak coming up so you do okay. come in with the group. You do have a group, and they're you not all always are. The same. are a, you know what I mean? Right from the front, from the moment your soul fragments, you're still part of that group, just because. They're is not it a there. group of everybody, or is it a specific group? Each. Group each, you know what I mean. Oversoul, like entity, a soul family, yeah, you know. whatever you want to call it, okay, is made up of a different combination of those seven, you know, different kind of souls that I read to you at the beginning. So there's almost always a little bit of something represented, but each oversoul, like each one of us individuals, has its own flavor and personality. So it's interesting to know, okay, I'm part of this entity, which is, you know, more creative, or I'm part of this entity, which is more action-oriented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now,
1: are, are you, um through each group, do you have, do you experience, all right, let me back up a little. Bit. Are you one person going through them all? So or, am I a warrior going through all of the, the different stages of life? Or do I change? So am I a king? So in every group, like I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a mature soul, am I going to experience myself as a warrior, as a king, as
2: you know, all okay. the different groups? Throughout well, you, while you that. are on the earth, going through your chain of incarnations, you stick with that one role one role and then you move up to the causal plane and the akashic plane and blah 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 and then you merge back into the Tao. and then if you finish all that and you want to come back and do it again then you can pick a different role but that going through all seven layers of eternity is called mm-hmm. one grand cycle and so you so if i
1: went through with a warrior Yes, it's all the way through, through a all the way
2: through, then you yeah. could come back and you could pick a different role. Why don't we all
1: go through as kings?
0: <laughs> because you know, I mean,
1: when yeah, it's, I mean th- that sounds it's like i rather be the king. Yeah,
2: it's kind of the same as why don't we go through all our incarnations as young souls? Because having all the money and the power isn't as much fun as it sounds like.
0: <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. a positive side and a
2: negative side. <laughs> Old kings, when they get to be in their last few infarct conditions, they run and hide. When everyone says, do you want to lead my group? No. Do you want to run the, you know what I mean? Do you want to be the coach? No. It's like sometimes they just, Yeah. They want to be left alone sometimes. Yeah. Because we all, even with the mantle of these different roles, we all go through all life experiences. So we know what it's like to be old, young, rich, poor, fat, thin, healthy, sickly. No matter what role we take on, we are going to have every single last experience before we're able to get out, which Michael calls cycling off.
1: Mm. God, that sounds like spinning off into the universe into turn <laughs> like a spin-off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but now oh. does the earth go through cycles where you said no more um, you know, Infant infants souls. are being
2: born here. Yeah. Right. At this time. Absolutely, yes. Yes, planets go through cycles as well. And as you well know, some planets don't even make it. Sometimes the evolving mortals on a soul will blow up their world, not very often. You know what I mean? That's down there in the less than one percent, you know, mark, but every once in a while that does happen. But yes, planets go through cycles as well.
1: So what cycles Earth in while we're here? (laughs) (laughs)
2: i could only give you my opinion on that i'll take your opinion (laughs) hard times poor planet i you know what i mean Uh, when i read about you know vast times in the past when the earth was so much more pastoral and it wasn't polluted and all that jazz oh, I wish I could have been on Earth then, but I also don't miss things like saber-toothed tigers and <laughs> right, right. giant right, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yes. and
1: cold and yes. walking everywhere. <laughs> yes. yes. I know. Um yes. So now um, as humans, we yes. are now, um, the first cycle was infants. The second cycle was what? I forgot already. Oh, so infant. Infants. We- Baby babies, and then it's it, and then we get young, into
2: mature and old infant okay, babies. What young, was the middle one?
1: Young, young, young.
2: young yes, sounds
1: enticing, yes.
2: Actually. yes, the hardest <laughs> one of all. They give me the money right. and the power with no sense of empathy for anybody else.
1: Okay, now do people get stuck in cycles like young? You know, geez, I I don't want to move on and and start to care about the world. I just want to have a good time and have the
2: power. You know, Barb, I'll stay in the young cycle. <laughs> I know what you do for a living. And I know <laughs> you already know the answer to that is absolutely yes. We as human beings can get stuck in anything. Oh, my God. We can get stuck in relationships. We can get stuck in soul age. We can get stuck in a mud puddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, And that's yeah. the mature ones. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Is this a good place to come to get stuck in something? Why? Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> um now over overleaf. You mentioned that, right? Overleaf. Right. And overleaf is the name I give to the personality traits that we pick in each lifetime. Okay. Um, I could read you lists if you wanted me to. I could read you the seven modes and goals and roles and attitudes and cheap features if you wanted. I just thought it would be. I might
1: a be okay, tedious. but I think we're going to lose the whole audience on that. <laughs> how about how about astrology? Where does that play in?
2: <clears throat> astrology <laughs> is so enormous and vast that astrology is almost like the backdrop that everything plays against. You know what I mean? If you can think of it like the wallpaper or or whatever, because. Each one of us in going through this string of lifetimes has to have every single experience. So the Zodiac has to encompass every single experience, good and bad. And so we are, you know what I mean? That's sort of like the board that we're playing on, if that answers your questions.
1: So as we go through... All of these, and then with astrology, we we go through all of these astrological signs and yes. influences and everything else. Yes, don't we all end up exactly the same? <laughs> and do we just kind of blend into beige, blend into nothingness? Do we all end up? Do we lose? personality maybe or you know do we end up exactly the same and just kind of blend into nothing okay god that sounds terrible
2: (laughs) (laughs) trying to answer that question is to me like looking up at the stars at night and saying, are all the stars the same? And my answer to you is, I don't think so. When I look up at the stars at night, I notice, gee, one seems a little redder, one seems a little bluer. There's like a a little bit of a different flavor to each and every star and everything that's out there. I think that that's how Creator made us to all be unique individual things. And I do think that as time goes on, we mellow out kind of like a bunch of stones that you throw into a rock tumbler. The edges get knocked off, but then the cores stay the same. Mm-hmm. Does that answer? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, as we grow and get bigger and we merge back into the Tao, I think we get to be sweeter, nicer, kinder beings, but I don't think we lose our individuality. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Is there anybody get through without having to... Suffer everything. No, there is. So we all suffer. My therapist used
2: to say, "There is no around. There is only through, and that's the way it is." (laughs) I still think there's a harder and an easier way to go through hard times, as you well know. But there's no getting out of jail free. You can go to a nice jail. There's no way you can. Right. Yeah.
1: So now, how come? You know, I know a lot of things, a little bit about a lot of things, but I had never heard of Michael. And how is that? Okay. How is that possible
2: that I've never even heard of Michael? Okay. When you take our population and you divide it up by soul age, okay, when you get to the old soul segment, we're the minority. There's actually even more infant souls than there are old souls, okay? Most everybody is in the young, and mature. That's where the big clump is right now. So teachings like this that truly appeal to old souls aren't as easily marketable. You're really going for right now, the mature soul. Like when you sit down and you watch TV at night, so Netflix, Hulu, hbo max blah 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 you want mature soul stories because mature soul stories are the most passionate and romantic and glittery old soul stories are kind of boring kind of like baby soul stories are kind of boring <laughs> yeah, okay yeah. you want something oh. more interesting okay but mm-hmm. i did save a few more tidbits that michael um uh sh- has shared with us uh for the end here just to tease your okay curiosity now's your time okay <clears throat> One of the things that Michael tells us is that, okay, we are considered on this planet sentient beings. And that word sentient, I'm using to mean self-aware. Okay. But we are one of three species on this planet. We share sentience on this world with the whales and the dolphins. Okay. They're just as intelligent as if not more than we are. They communicate, they build things, they do all kinds of interesting things. And it's time that we learned to communicate with them. And that would be a real stepping forward for the human race also at this time i'm sure you've heard of gorillas and chimpanzees now that are for instance being able to talk and do sign language and stuff another species a couple more species that are getting prepared for sentience on this world so i just think that's cool we're going to be sharing our world now that generally does lead to all kinds of other conflicts but in the meantime (laughs) i just think it's i think it's really cool okay Another thing that Michael is um, always saying is all is choice, that you are more than anything else a being of free will. And even if you're experiencing something dark, okay, it is still your choice how you incorporate that information into your life. So Mm -hmm. um, the last thing that I want to say, and I think that you're really going to get it too, as the old soul that you are, is that as things go on, life gets easier because Michael says, by the time you get to the old soul's phase, you learn how to learn. And so that's what's happening. You learn and you're ready to go to the next level. Phew. And we'll like the next <laughs> level, right? <laughs> well, we will not be ensouled in a physical body anymore. So let's just immediately lose hunger, thirst pain. You know what I mean? Like physical pain. So right off the bat, that's off the table. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I can't (laughs) even imagine. You take suffering away. It's like, oh, you know, what else is there really? Well,
2: I don't want you to say say you're going to take suffering away because the only parts of suffering that are taken away are the physical parts. You know that there's suffering that isn't physical. There's longing and remorse and Mm -hmm. jealousy and, you know, you still got that. And grief. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes. Oh, so I'm not looking fast forward
2: to it as I was a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> I still think it's going to be a huge improvement over hunger and thirst and sunburn. All right. So
1: we're at okay. the point where
2: we have to move too. Okay. So I want everybody to know
1: where to get hold of you. You okay. talked about it. You're going to have classes coming up, how they yes.
2: can take okay. your classes. I'm going to be teaching classes in the fall. I don't have the dates yet, but it's at For Heaven's Sake in Lakewood, also known as Applewood, Colorado. My home phone number is 303 274 364. And my email address is three words Dawn, D A W N, new age, two Ns, at AOL.com. Right.
1: Thank you so much for being on and introducing us to Michael. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.